Episode 1818, local franchisee marketing within your franchisor's brand. But I'm not a franchisee. Yeah, neither am I. I hear you. Regardless, I learned a lot from this guest today. She's an absolute expert in franchisee marketing, particularly within uh, local area marketing and how to, how to communicate within the franchisor's brand, which I think is relevant within any type of business, franchise or not. Now, we, we learn what's the biggest advantage of owning a franchise versus uh, your own small business. We learned about how to optimize local marketing budgets and, and personalize our marketing at a local level and a heap of really useful communication tips as I said before not just for franchisees or franchisors but any business and how to get stuff done and create systems that allow us to do awesome marketing if you enjoy this episode which I'm sure you will don't forget to review us on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or wherever and subscribe for free updates regular giveaways and a whole heap of other fun stuff at thelocationstation.com local franchise marketing enjoy Welcome to The Location Station, where we learn from extraordinary marketers and business owners about all the latest location-based marketing tactics and technologies, so you can attract and retain more customers near your business or brand. I'm your host, Dave Eddy. I'm extremely grateful for your time and attention today, so let's get cracking. Today's guest is Elizabeth Gillum. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. G'day, Dave. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for coming on. So Elizabeth is the founder of Franchisee Success and she uh, is a very interesting uh, human being who specializes in creating high-performance franchisees. Now, why does she do this? Because she's got a ton of experience uh, with franchises. So she lives in sunny Toowoomba in Queensland here in, here in Australia, which is a, a lovely little town. She's got experience with uh, she's a sucker for punishment, actually. She, she's got experiences uh, experience with three different franchise brands, um, starting with a, a Boost Juice, I believe, in 2004, and then a year later, a Healthy Habit Sandwich Store, and then uh, in 2009, um, a Carvery Bucking Bull. So uh, I think it's fair to say she's got a fair bit of experience and a lot to add uh, to our topic today, which is around local franchisee marketing within your brand. Um, so Elizabeth, I've given our audience just a little bit of insight on you. Would you mind elaborating and telling us a bit of your story? Right. Well, the, the uh, as, as always in franchising, um, it, it sort of comes about with a midlife crisis at 40. <laughs> so um, I am actually an accountant by trade. So I had been working with McDonald's franchisees wow. in an accounting firm. So my job was to, we had a McDonald's franchisee services division where we did all the bookkeeping, the payrolls, uh, right through to the tax work for, uh, it was about 11 franchisees who between them had 18 stores. Mm-hmm. So from that angle, and I'd done that for about four to five years. So you get to see the back end of franchising quite well and the figures, which I love doing. Got it. So you know, turned 40. You know that old turning 40? You have that midlife <laughs> crisis. And the people that ran the point of sale for McDonald's, uh, Cosmos, um, were also doing the point of sales for a little unknown brand called Boost. Mm. At the time, I think it was about the 30th store, somewhere in around there. Now they're well over the 200, and of course they're international. Mm-hmm. So... Um, 
at, at 40, I stopped being an accountant and I started being, uh, I bought myself a boost. Most people go and buy a cup. I bought the stool. <laughs> so, um, and that was, look, I loved boost from the get-go. I would buy another Boost Juice store, become a franchisee in their brand at the drop of a hat again. I loved it so much. Boost, um, you know, uh, were they the first ones to bring in uh, asking for your name over the counter? Because they seem yes. to me, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's that stands out a lot to me. I think I think it had already been happening over in the US. Right. But certainly for us here in Australia, they go, what? What do you want my name for? And, and once you got to Boost and you got how it all worked, you know, they'd come running in and they'd give us fake names. Like yeah. one day I had these three blokes come in, big, burly footballers, about 17, 18. And your name? Stephanie, <laughs> I've got to. I've got to admit, uh, ever since I was probably sixteen, and I still do that. Uh, and and my my staple name is Barack Obama because I just love. <laughs> oh, you have a boost name. So for those who aren't Australians, um, and if you've not come across the Boost Juice brand. In Australia, what is your boost name? So everyone has their real name and all the rest of it, but they have this name that they use whenever they order a boost juice. So what's your boost name? So, you know, it may or may not be your real name, but um, some people, yeah, they come in, you know, um, Claudia, um, before Claudia became quite a popular name, you know, Claudia or Vladivostok, you go, yeah. I'm or something ridiculous that. like Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. no, that's well, my mum's name. I would never tease that name. <laughs> but the funny thing is, you know, when they're asking for the name and uh, it gets very busy and very loud and you, you can't hear their name. So the trick if you're a Boost employee is to go, how do you spell that? They go, Steve, S-T-E-V-E. And you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, So you started with Boost and then where have you sort of come to now? Then, so so went to Boost and then a year later, my husband, we were farmers and we were in drought yet again. Uh, we were peanut farmers, mm -hmm. no money coming in. And he decided that, to sell the family farm of six generations oh, wow. to buy a brand called Healthy Habits. Mm -hmm. So we were happily operating the two brands. Arthur was operating, operating the sandwich store. I was operating the Boost Juice store. Then centre management came to us and said they had a franchisor who wanted to have a food offering in, in our food court. They had the place. They had everything they needed they just didn't have a franchisee right. and would we do it uh, and I needed a third shop like I needed a hole in the head <laughs> but anyway we did a third shop and that's where our systems and processes come really under pressure yeah. because up until then we'd had you know a store each it's like having your third baby Dave you know um, I wouldn't know about that <laughs> <laughs> the first baby that's quite handy the second baby then all of a sudden you have the third baby and you've run out of arms you know there's this baby. <laughs> You've got and it's the same with the store. So, um, but having said that, um, Bucking Bull was our most uh, profitable mm -hmm. store, and it, it's all around a healthy carvery type offering. So, big man size burgers, and uh, primarily in the food court only. So, um, chips, gems, and wedges, uh, roast meats, roast sandwiches, uh, roast vegetables. Uh, yes. But we had to have our systems and processes. So at our busy times over Christmas, we'd have 80 on the payroll, wow. all in the one shopping centre. Mm -hmm. It was busy and I loved it, but it has taken me three years to come back into retail now. So, got but, it, um, got it. so having done that, I now work with franchisees to improve the productivity and the profitability of their business. Awesome. We'll go into that as we interview, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, 
So, so the yeah. systems and processes, like you've already mentioned, are obviously a huge part of that. And what we're talking about today is the marketing side of things. Yes, and you are. What I'm, what I'm really interested in is because we, um, even even if you're listening right now and you're not a franchisee or a franchisor, you're just a a, a business or, or a brand looking to do local marketing well. Uh, I think this is going to be really valuable. Um, and I'm I'm really interested to hear Elizabeth like what in general I know every business is different but what seem to be the the most popular and effective marketing tactics for for local franchisees so to set the scene on how franchising and marketing works and one of the big advantages of buying a franchise is that you have the head office marketing team Mm. so not everybody can be an expert in everything and certainly when you've got a store in a local shopping center your focus is on that store and you may or may not be a great marketer Mm. but what you do have or should have is a great marketing team that does things for you up yeah. in head office and uh, it's, it's how you communicate with that team. So um, in retail, I'm talking in retail, in when you're fronting a person face-to-face, the most successful marketing campaigns and that I have seen are something that um, – creates excitement at that counterfront. Mm-hmm. So it's all around your uh, A3, something that you can communicate quickly. So either it's a really good offer that tickles your taste buds, because mm-hmm. remember I was in food, or the absolute best one that I've ever seen, and, and, and they're known for here in Australia, is Boost Juice What's Your Name Game. Yeah. So where they just pick two names a day, and if it's your name, you get a free boost. And what that happened, what happens then is anybody that walks past, they see the names of like Sarah or Matthew. Mm-hmm. They hop on their phone and they um, or tag at Facebook now, tag every Sarah and Matthew that they know. Mm. And whilst that's good for them and their mate Sarah and Matthew get a free drink, what happens is you're getting marketing through a whole different Facebook channel that you've not even set up nor wanted. So you've got all these people running into booths because they've got a free drink, but with them come friends. So your sales, so it's the excitement around that campaign yeah. that makes it a success and everyone brings in a mate, so sales build. Yeah, right. So even though you're giving away something, and you're something quite significant, like a free drink, um, you know, uh, when you're core, that is a core product, um, it's quite a big thing to give away and people get worried about giving that away, but the excitement that it brings and the mates that they bring in with Sarah and Matthew when they have their free drink mm-hmm. builds your sales. So... Um, it's all about creating that excitement at the counter for us. For us, the food—that's food, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. For, especially for a um, for a brand like Boost, that really just fits in with with their brand, and it's fun, and it's you know, it's about friends, and it's about you know, um, the, the the contest and and the offer. Um, what about like, what about say? I can't think of an example right now, but maybe a more boring franchise business that doesn't have something like that to, sure. uh, you know, maybe like professional services. I'm not saying professional yeah. services are boring because I'm in that too. But yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's always on the strength of the offer hmm. when you're marketing. So it's getting it out there that will grab. So people have a problem, yeah? Yeah. People have got a problem. So let's talk carpet cleaning only because I've just had the carpets cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. And there are franchises out there in carpet cleaning. Mm-hmm. So what would get me in and what would get me choosing one over another and that's what you want? Well, in that case, it's like three rooms and the hallway free or, you know what I mean, it's that free thing. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you've got to give to get. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's all about the offer. Um, 
bright bright colors always work in that case and it's getting to where it's knowing who your customer is and what their pain is so right now in carpet cleaning, what's your pain? Your pain is I've got dirty carpets and the entire family are coming to stay and I think I'm a pig. <laughs> so, you know, you um, you know, you know, you work on that. It may even be, you know, <laughs> having pigs running through your house, you know. I don't know. Yeah. But um, you're, you're the marketing guru. But to me, um, that would be something that um, – that would have grabbed my attention, you know, is um, at, right at the moment my pain point is was, was until last week, yeah. <laughs> dirty carpets and family coming for Christmas. So yeah, Fresh and clean. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So it, it's appealing to that need uh, every time. And so if you go back into food, again, it's giving away. Uh, and, you know, free if you're walking around the food court, remember the food court, all your competition is right beside you there. Mm. People have come into this domain in a shopping centre to have lunch. And you watch people, I'll bet you this is you. You come into the food court, you don't go to the first place. You go, firstly, you look around, who's got the shortest lines? That's the first <laughs> thing you look for. And then you um, just do a lap of the food court and have a look at what special is around. Now, they've got entire menus. They've got core products. Mm-hmm. They've got an entire pantry full of food. Mm-hmm. But what you'll buy at food is the one thing that's in front of your eyes, which is communicated to customers with the with the mm. poster. So that retail point of purchase is obviously so important. Abs in food, absolutely, and short lines. So that's customer service, which is not your gig, yep. uh, and getting people through quick, speed of service. That's one side of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to grab their attention as they're walking around. Mm-hmm. So you, if you put up. And Coke are lovely and they give you free posters if you stock their product and that's brilliant. But you can spot a generic Coke poster anywhere in the world, you yeah. know, um, wherever you are because clearly the Coke gets the the Coke bottle, gets mm. the prior place in the A4 placement or the A3 placement. Yeah, so on that, um, and I'd like to talk about some of the challenges that franchisees face with regards to marketing and just I guess a bit of a leading question is how do I – as a local franchisee, how do I work within my brand or the structures or the rules within my supplier brand or my franchise, uh, franchisor brand um, to create unique, like uh, localized uh, marketing material? And what, what are the, um, what, in your experience, what are the um, limitations of, of working within a, a franchise brand? Sure, sure, sure. Well, the first thing is you can't go out and do anything yourself. Yeah. No, but but I always say, why would you want to? When you've got a whole head office marketing team, why would you want to create your own poster, you know? Mm, mm. So every franchise brand should have a brand story. Like mm. in marketing, you've got all your colors, you've got the faces you work with, all your brand story, the mm. fonts you use, all of that. Mm-hmm. But, hey, don't get involved in that. If you want to be a success in the local area marketing part of your franchise, mm. what you do have to do is um, know your area. Now, if a franchise all knew each and every area, they would have been a company store. They never would have franchised in the first place. Yeah. The reason they have franchisees is because they know their particular area better mm. than anybody else. Mm. So what worked really well for me in Toowoomba may not work for the people at the Gold Coast. Exactly, yeah. So you've got to know your area. So one thing that worked really well for me in Toowoomba across all three brands was radio advertising. Right. Because it's way cheaper. I think mm. if you live in a capital city, mm. radio advertising is very, very expensive. Mm. But in Toowoomba, not so. Mm-hmm. So I could get great coverage. I'd go into, uh, a, I'd buy a yearly buy because um, it's cheapest to do it that way. Yep. And I would just have runs, uh, ads run 
day in day out. And 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 on the flip side, um, I guess if 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 you're a franchise franchisee in say Sydney CBD, you might find that running Facebook local awareness ads just within your uh, especially retail within uh, a couple of kilometres of your business works far better than than radio. And I, I know that I've, absolutely, yeah, I've I've um, run campaigns, uh, for example, AdWords campaigns with clients in in larger um, larger areas that work really really well. It's the number one source of leads, and then we try try AdWords in uh, in a regional area that's doesn't have much search volume and it just does nothing. So, however, radio, as you just mentioned, or, or something like that would work really well. No, your area. Know, what, know how people are absorbing information. Mm, yeah, mm. right. And, and in terms of, uh, I don't know, I, I'm a big believer that, um, yeah, people buy the brand and the trust of, of, of the franchise brand um, and, uh, and the systems and marketing and stuff that come with it, but... At the end of the day, it's a person-to-person thing, isn't it? And and if if I'm a local store owner, local franchisee, people are going to come back because of because of me, because of the service Elizabeth gave me, not not necessarily um, just because of the the well-known brand. Is that correct? Oh, uh, absolutely. So within each brand, and you know yourself, you've been to a good McDonald's and a not-so-good McDonald's. You've been to a, a great boost and a not-so-great boost, yeah. you know. Um, you're dead right. Yeah. And Toowoomba, luckily for us, is a small town, and there's two things that will happen in a small town. Word of mouth will mm-hmm. get around quicker than, than anything mm-hmm. here, and um, people people are friendly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not, no, hang on, that's people are friendly everywhere. People <laughs> know people yeah. in Toowoomba. Yeah. Um, quite often you will know um, oh, a good 20 to 25% of your customers every day. Yeah. And you know I'm on a personal level. You don't necessarily know, um, uh, you know just know their name. The one thing I noticed with going and working with franchisees in a city as opposed to working with franchisees in a regional area, they know their, know their customers not just as a customer but on a personal basis outside, as outside of the store. Got it. So um, that, that friendly nature comes in. Like my, my husband, um, he had the sandwich brand and, and the carvery that I mentioned there before. So he's an ex-farmer. So ex-farmers can spot an ex-farmer. Like farmers <laughs> can spot farmers from a mile away. So these farmers would come in to pick up their kids from boarding school. They'd head to the food court and they'd go and find Arthur. Like they tell him how, what they're doing on the farm, what rain they've had, and it wouldn't matter what store he was in. They'd do the lap till they found Arthur. So, you know, if you happen to be in the sandwich store, well, they were having sandwiches for lunch. And if you happen to be in the carvery, well, they'd be having carvery for lunch, you know. And they'd have a big old chat about, you know, where the cotton was up to, what the sorghum was doing, how the, you know, all the rest of it. He'd come home with a wealth of knowledge of where the rain's fallen all around Queensland. But you're right, people buy people. So you can have the best marketing campaign in the world, but if your customer service is terrible, guess what? Your yeah. marketing campaign isn't going to work, you right, know? Right, right. So that- you, you've got to have that feel through the whole business. Yeah, that makes a heap of sense. So uh, in terms of like some of the main challenges from a, a marketing perspective that you'd experience or that you think are – present uh, for franchisees Um, what do you think is the what are the hardest things about you know executing that that corporate marketing um, franchise marketing strategy um, from a a local level well there are two and so that's it awesome we can knock them off real easy (laughs) (laughs) the first one is uh, people are scared to give away product yeah 
And this is I'm talking from a food perspective here. Mm-hmm. So you know the head of the marketing campaign. So let's go back to the what's your name game. Mm-hmm. So the franchisees are scared to give away product. I'm, I'm giving away everything, and they're focusing on what they're giving away. Mm-hmm. What they're not focusing on is the excitement and the extra sales that come as a result of that campaign. Mm-hmm. So. And you've got to remember when you give away product, you're not giving it away at retail value. You're giving it away at the cost, what it actually costs you to make. Mm-hmm. That includes the labor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you see people, they give away the dollar bottle of water, you know, with sales. Mm-hmm. And everyone, look, that's one of the most successful things in food is uh, do you want to grab a bottle of water for a dollar? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can buy that from Coke for about 40 cents. Okay. So you get the main sale plus you upsell that $1 bottle of water. And all of a sudden, your sales are lifting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, it's so. Don't be afraid to give away free. Now, I'll, I'll say that with caution, though. You can't give away an offer that costs you more than you're getting in. Yeah. So, so giving a, if you're selling something for seven dollars, and you're giving away a one dollar bottle of water, well, you're getting your royalty. Your you know the bottle cost fifty three cents. Then you're paying eleven cents in royalties and. And so that comes, it's cost you actually 64 cents and you're still selling it for a dollar. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got to buy two drinks to, to get the third free, well, again, that's okay because you're bringing in about $12, $14 to give away the one free one. Mm-hmm. What you can't do is um, have something that's costing you $6 and you're selling it for 5 That mm-hmm. you know, in anyone's world, that does not work. <laughs> you're making a loss. You're going out the back door. But don't be afraid. Afraid to give away product and don't focus on. So the coffee cart, and I, I was not in coffee, but you know how, and everyone's, your pocket's full of them or your phone's got apps with them, so your 10th coffee free, mm-hmm. fourth coffee free, whatever. So people are focusing on that one that they're giving away more than they're focusing on the three that were bought so they could give that one away. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just pr- don't be providing afraid. more value. That's right. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to give away product, but because. Uh, caution there make sure that uh, what you're getting is at least covering your costs yeah got and it. in most cases it is so that's the first that's the first the second one is franchisees fail to implement mm-hmm. the marketing campaign that comes down from their franchisor and this is where systems and processes training come in a bet <laughs> absolutely so sometimes it can be a whole new whole new product that you've never had on the ground so first Things first, get the box that comes from head office and it's generally a quite narrow box because it's full of posters, flyers, call to action cards, um, everything you need to pimp out your store so that everyone knows that this is what's on special right now. Mm-hmm. Put them up, take them out of the box, put them up, decorate your store, leave it in absolutely no doubt when I walk in your front door, that's what's on special today. Got it. What that's what the thing. So implement it. You've had an entire marketing department that that anybody in retail or in business would kill to have that, and you're just paying a royalty of sale to have access to that team. Use them. Absolutely use. So firstly, implement it. Now, if it's an absolutely brand new product, train your staff in what it is. So if it's food, for example, make up every time that employee comes in, the campaign has started, the first thing they've got to do in that campaign is eat the product, eat what it is they're selling, you know, because unless you know what it is, you can't sell it. Mm -hmm. So touch it, feel it, eat it, if it's edible, you know, (laughs) train your staff in what the campaign is, what the offer is, 
what it tastes, looks, feels, smells like. Right. And would you recommend, like, uh, I'm not sure of the rules of, of, um, uh, of the franchise saws that, um, that you've, you've been involved with, but uh, would you recommend trying to make the, the delivery of the offer unique to your store somehow or, or um, tweak it to give more of a localised type personal, personal feel or is it, are they normally pretty bang on? Are you would? That's cool. a, that's a sales conversation. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So things like the dollar bottle of water. Mm-hmm. So pick an activity that they're happening. So everyone's coming into the shopping centre for, oh well, the Carnival of Flowers, big event here in Toowoomba. Mm. So the first time I did the dollar bottle of water was actually it's quite a funny story because I'm sitting there, <laughs> being the very angry franchisee that everyone is <laughs> in about that first eighteen month period of owning a franchise. It's a known factor. You're tired. You're exhausted. That bloody franchisor is getting all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the franchise all came out with this dollar bottle of water. It's a typical angry franchisee at the time I was. Mm-hmm. Here they are, I'm giving away everything again and they don't care. So these are their common problems. That's what you're after. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prove that this doesn't work. I'm going to show them. <laughs> so it's carnival of flowers time. So people come into the shopping centre, park their car in the shade, come through to get a drink to wait for the parade to happen. Mm-hmm. So our sales conversation that day was, well, do you want a dollar bottle of water for later on after the parade? Everybody bought. We ran out of water. I had four cartons, which is you've got um, 48 bottles or 24 bottles in a box. We ran out. Mm-hmm. I had to borrow water out of the other two shops to sell <laughs> through the boots shop. So that franchise all proved me wrong, not. <laughs> so um, from then on in, it was just the standard upsell in our store was the dollar bottle of water. Great. So, yeah. Um, so whether you um – where do you draw the line like um, between uh, abiding by the franchise branding guidelines or the systems and marketing campaigns, the processes they've put in place and, and you know, putting your own spin on it or, um, yeah. or creating uh, uniquely relevant like local content or, or customer experiences or, or offers? Well, I, I call it enhancing it. So what you're doing is you're actually putting together, yeah. you do exactly what the franchisor tells you to do yeah. and then you enhance, you go over and above. So um, localise the sales conversation to your particular area. It might be, oh, you're heading off to the football, do you want a dollar bottle of water for later on at the football? Mm-hmm. It, um, it It's... Um, Oh, how was school? You know, how was school today? And and you bring in what they're doing at the time. So you mentioned they might mention their school names. You go over and above. Things we used to always do was have a theme day, which replicated whatever the marketing campaign was. So on the Saturday morning, our staff would come. Like, for example, we had Wiggles cups, so we all worked in Wiggles um, skivvies. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that. But we weren't required to. That wasn't something that the franchise all had told us to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was something that we did, and our, our staff loved dressing up. So there was one we came, we, I've worked in pyjamas. I've worked as a pineapple. <laughs> I've worked um, in Wiggles skivvies. I've worked as a um, school, school kid, so school holidays were on, so mm-hmm. we dressed as students. Mm-hmm. So like kids, some kids come in their school uniforms, you know. We had, there were still rules. We had to have our boost bandana on it every time. And, we, you know, we did the theme. But we did that across all different stores, like Christmas shirts. You know, the 1st of December, we had one lady who, regardless of what was happening, the 1st of December, we all had to start wearing our Christmas shirts. So, <laughs> you know, we still have, you still obviously branded and people knew what we were at. But you um, go over and above what the franchise all sends you. Got it. So abide by the rules, but enhance and enhance. and and personalize them a bit. And and 
uh, we've spoken a lot about offline um, offline marketing tactics and and and, and customer experiences in terms of online so um for example creating um uh i'll give you an example that we're sort of working on at the moment i won't name the franchise (laughs) because we're kind of doing it a little bit hush hush with their marketing manager uh, as a pilot but we're helping them uh put together localized um digital content like live video and um and instagram and facebook posts for a couple of their stores as a test pilot run to go back to uh, go back to the franchisor and say, "Hey, here's what we did. Here's the results. Can we? Is this something we can roll out?" Because their head um, head office or the the franchisor really isn't doing the digital content um, piece and, and the Facebook and Instagram piece um, too well, um, and which they've agreed for us to test out as like a, a third party, um, which might be a rare um, a rare allowance from a from a franchise brand. But um, is there is there is there things like that that you can do um, uh, that are kind of taking in the content creation side of um, things, especially live video, which is you know what social media is sort of going towards and documenting the the story of that store, um, that local store. Is, sure. uh, maybe the question is: Are you seeing any examples of franchises that are doing that? Um, that well and empowering their their staff or their franchisee to um, really create their own online content. And it's fraught with danger, isn't it? It because is. It's so have, is, yeah. And the problem for the franchisor in that place is you've got a really savvy digital marketing person who knows what to put in a video mm. uh, that could stream live onto the personal Facebook page and they do a brilliant job. But then down the road you get, you know, the person who's left the 17-year-old kids in charge of the store and they mm. think it's funny to do a striptease type yeah. uh, mock-up and put that on a live video, which would be so damaging to the brand, it wouldn't be funny. That's our big challenge with this project and, it, it's, and it, the rules and um, the you know the regulations and stuff that, that we have to have in place So um, huge. But it's around live. Facebook because yeah. it's live. You can't, you mm-hmm. can't. Then once, once it's out, it's out in the world. We we had a um, we had a client recently. What wasn't a franchisee, but um, they were a restaurant type bar bar place, and um, one of their one of their uh, chefs had some music on in the background when they were doing a live video that had um, <laughs> some pretty bad words in it, and <laughs> and uh, they got in a little bit of trouble for that. Um, so it is, yeah, it's something that's really difficult to control, but unfortunately it's, it's kind of with social media, that's the way Instagram stories and Facebook live are the way that things are going. So, um, I guess franchisees need to figure it out. Yeah. You've got to set rules around it. Really. You've got to set rules around it. So only the franchisee can do the live video or maybe a very, very trusted store manager. You don't give it to the 15-year-old kid (laughs) who's only been working with you for three months, you know. So uh, have very strict guidelines Mm -hmm. around what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and be very clear in the instructions. So I could imagine one thing, particularly in food court, you'd want to do a food court hum Mm. in, uh, you know, the place is really pumping here at the moment and now – our roast beef sandwiches are running out the door like you wouldn't believe that today they've come out extra juicy or whatever it is. So you've got kind of sort of mm-hmm. a prepared script yeah, about yeah. what they're to talk about. But you don't want it so prepared that it looks like, hello, I am Elizabeth from <laughs> such and such brand and today I'm doing a live video. You don't want that. Mm. You mean you've got to you go the, – the, the, um, 
branding guide around the whole live Facebook cross has to be have very you know thorough guidelines and testing it with one or two franchisees first so that you know you can get it down pat is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can understand totally why a lot of franchisors would go. No way, back up <laughs> out of this one. It's too hard. Yeah. Because uh, the, the ability to damage the brand is phenomenal. And and let's face it, uh, that's what the franchisors have. It's the brand. And that's what they protect more than anything in the world. Yeah. So most branding and marketing campaigns have been thought up by the smart Johnny in the marketing seat and it's probably gone through two or three approval processes mm. before it actually hits the store. Yeah. But doesn't doesn't know Toowoomba. Um, uh, That's true. Fr- from a bar of soap. So what, what's uh, h- how can a franchisee get around some of the challenges that um, maybe they may be confronted with when they feel like the franchisor doesn't really get their local area or, or is not providing the the channels or the the kind of support um, from a local marketing level. Um, h- how does how does a franchisee a- approach that? Yeah, well, um, the franchisee. So to me, there's some campaigns that have come down from head office. And and let's be honest, uh, Boost had some very cheeky radio ads, Mm -hmm. very cheeky, because that's how Boost was in the very beginning, if you remember back. But Toowoomba is a very conservative town. Right. So there was, in my knowledge, there were three campaigns that I asked for special permission not to run Mm -hmm. because it would cause that brand, whilst it would build, you know, excitement in the cities, in our conservative regional area, it would cause the brand a lot of harm. Got it. So it's about the relationship, as always in franchising. It's about the relationship. So I had a really good relationship with my franchisor and I would ring in a non-confrontational manner Mem- there were you know, two I can think of right now, mm-hmm. which I won't mention because, you know, they were a bit, you know, on, on the edge. Mm-hmm. And I just simply spoke with the franchisor and said, look, this fr- this um, campaign, I'm really sorry, but I can't run that in Toowoomba because of X, Y and Z. Um, one was run over Easter uh, and we have this big, or used to, we don't anymore, uh, have this big um, Easter fest, which is a big Christian festival in Toowoomba. And they're... Uh, campaign they were running at the time was a little bit tongue in cheek uh-huh. towards Christians, and I just okay. said, I, I, I can't run that this weekend. I just can't do it. I, you know, it, 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 you know, you're, you're asking for a um, a problem. You're going to get it right here. And to their credit, they went, "Well, we do have a break glass in case of emergency campaign. We'll run it in Toowoomba this weekend." Got it. So it's all about knowing your area and all about communication back with your franchise. Or when a franchise though, has trouble with people not running their the campaigns that they're wanting. Mm. So clearly if there's a problem, they generally had no problem in you not running it, so long as you communicated why, how and when and, and put up a, a viable alternative. But yeah. then you've got some franchisees who just, you know, the campaign comes in after all that trouble of pulling it together. They grab the thin box with all the posters and, you know, it never sees the light of day, goes straight to the storeroom and never gets exercised. <laughs> well, that's when they have to bring in their franchise business consultants. So each franchisor yeah. has uh, an employee that looks after so many stores and that's when that person has to bring that in. Because you'll remember we have things like mystery shops. Yeah. And under our franchise agreement, we've agreed that we will be mystery shopped on a regular basis. So the mystery shop will pick up the fact that you haven't got that campaign up and running. 
And um, so generally a new campaign comes out, a mystery shop happens the week later, and in that mystery shop will be questions, did you spot a such and such poster? Did you do this? And they generally get to order the product that's out and and that is the special. So the mystery shop that month will focus around the marketing campaign. So it's pretty quick to know that you're not running it, you know. Right, yeah. So and, and it really comes back to that communication piece where, you know, if you don't if you don't think the the corporate marketing campaign that you've been delivered yeah. is uh is up to scratch or relevant for your uh, your um, local franchise, then tell head office, have a, have a conversation, um, come up with some other suggestions um, uh, to get things changed. Otherwise, you know, there's no, there's no use sitting back and whinging and trying not to sell dollar water bottles. <laughs> exactly, whatever it is, you know, yeah, some yeah. campaigns. And some can be um, insensitive due to something that's happened in that local area only mm. you know um and you wouldn't want to run it you know so um and and the franchise or like you know um the franchise or cannot please everybody they can't know everything that's happening in in every um local area so it really does become the franchisee's uh responsibility to have that input right yeah oh yes yeah so the brand becomes stronger when you have that feedback back into your um, mm. into your marketing department, you mm. know, um, things that work well for us were painting up buses. So the the local buses here in Torrance, I know that works really well in the in the coastal areas, is um, buses with um, the Boost brand, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work well with other brand, you know. So um, it, it's all about that communication and knowing what works and what doesn't. And some some campaigns, despite the best work that's gone into it, national campaigns, are just business, just mm-hmm. do not deliver. Yeah. But keep running it, you know, and um, we'll never see that one ever, ever again. So things like What's Your Name Game, mm-hmm. it may have fizzed. Like it may have not worked at all. It didn't. But if it, you know, it worked beautifully. But if it didn't, you know, try it, see it. That's the trick. Have a look at how it lifted and boosted your sales. Did it return? You know, really analyze the figures mm-hmm. that that are around each campaign mm-hmm. and see if it works. Got it. And in terms of um, uh, talking about tracking and analyzing figures, and um, I'd like to maybe touch on your experience with uh, with web property. So I'm not not sure how relevant you know that having a localized uh, landing page was for you with your food based um, businesses or what control you had over that. But for um, some a problem that we see a lot with with franchisees is they have zero control over uh, their web website properties and social media accounts. And you look on their local landing pages, um, and there's just very vanilla type. Um, corporate branded sort of content that's got nothing to do with the local area. They don't rank well in search engines. How, what's your experience with that side of things and, and how, the, how does a franchisee go about uh, checking and rectifying that kind of stuff? Well, for a start, something like your web pages, mm. um, I'm going to link it a little bit with Facebook, which is not really the question you asked. So cool. I'm that old that Facebook was <laughs> coming into business when we went. So in the beginning... Yeah. They gave all the control to the personal Facebook pages to the actual franchisee, uh-huh. and some did it very, very well. And would have the local campaign. You'd go to the Facebook page, clearly 
up to date, clearly mm-hmm. running with the latest campaign, and then mm-hmm. you'd go to the next franchisee's Facebook page and it was a campaign 15 campaigns about going, nobody's touched it, they've got about 15 likes, whereas the other one up the road's got 30,000 mm-hmm. likes, you know. Inconsistent. Um, so the answer to that is now that Facebook's been around, I think that the franchisor puts on specific local Facebook marketing people. Yeah. But on the, the swap side is when you're relying on your franchisor to give you a local landing page that, that kills and they don't see you as – that they're not doing their job properly. What mm. can a franchise do, franchisee do to affect change to that to that local landing page mm. again it's communication it, it's it's finding the person in head office rarely would a franchisee be given the right to mess around on their website yeah right very they would have ownership it would be the marketing department that would have um, ownership of that it's very rare because you've got to be able to trust the person the franchisee has skills to do that mm. and generally the franchisee has, is a franchisee because they bought the business and they have skills in other areas yeah, yeah, yeah. but if your franchisor is not looking after your web page or you want it to be jazzed up how do you affect change it's one of the most difficult things in franchising to do mm. Again, it's about the relationship you have with your franchisor and the communication that you use yeah. to um, affect change in that area. And do, do franchisors generally, um, uh, I've found that they generally uh, steer away from allowing franchisees to hire uh, local marketing consultants or, um, or digital marketing agencies in, in their area um, and they usually ha- handle it all from head office. But is that... That's right. Yeah, okay, cool. So... Yeah, that, so that's, that's- Standard. That's pretty standard. Yeah, I thought so. um, However, if you've got, uh, as a franchisee, you've come across a person who is really good at whatever they do, Mm. introduce them to your head office. Introduce them to your marketing team. Again, use that communication relationship you have with the franchisor to say, look, here, here in Toowoomba, we have... Johnny on the spot who is a regular customer and he's this and he's that or mm-hmm. she's this or she's that, introduce them. How about we do a trial? And look, what can they say? No. Well, the answer is already no before you ask. So yeah. asking it, you know, you may well just get the yes. It might be that they're having trouble staffing and knowing your area at their head office and they might be tearing their hair out in head office going, why isn't this working in that area? I just can't work it out. And the answer may well be to employ someone who knows that area better and knows what works in that area. So, Got it, cool. Yeah, but it, it does have to come out in something like that. It does have to come out of the franchisor's office. Right, right. And and in terms of uh, let's say that I've, um, I'm a franchisee and – I've got. Uh, I know you had three franchise mm. franchises in uh, in across three different brands, um, but let's say I want to buy multiple franchises within the the one brand. Are there any tips around scaling my marketing to kind of better bang for buck across multiple locations? Absolutely, it's my sweet spot. Oh, Getting awesome. franchisee from <laughs> one to three stores. Absolutely, why would you not do it? I was a little different in that. We're in a regional area. So, and, uh, you know, for me to grow in one brand, so Boost is our first brand, for me to grow in that one brand meant that I had to buy stores that were two hours travel away. So that couldn't happen in in my case. So I became the very rare beast, which is called the multi-site, multi-brand franchisee. Mm -hmm. There's very few of us in Australia, less than 2%. Rare breed. (laughs) Yeah, rare breed. So it's 1,160 franchise systems in Australia. So, you know, there's there's plenty of opportunity. And most often than not, franchisors won't allow you to cross 
cross uh, right. represent multiple brands. Okay. Got it. We're regional, so I was allowed to. Mm -hmm. However, the one thing you should do that when you buy your first franchise, this the, one of the things you should do in buying that first one is have a look at the opportunities of how you can grow your empire mm -hmm. within franchising. So yes, I'm going to buy. So let's go to the Gold Coast now. I'm going to buy the Surface Paradise store, and within 12 months I'll have a Broad Beach store, mm -hmm. and they'll have the Helen Vale store. So I'll be able to buy three stores and the, and you're right once you have three stores so in franchising your marketing is based on percentage of sales mm -hmm. so for every dollar you take um, it can be two three four five in the pizza brands it's up to seven and eight wow. percent of sales has to be spent on marketing mm -hmm. so just imagine you got three stores where say um, three percent of your sales on one store then you all of a sudden got three stores, so 3% of your sales over three stores. Your marketing budget, local marketing budget, all of a sudden has become much, much bigger, yeah. which means that you can buy much, much better things and have a bigger, bigger reach. Yeah, right. Cool. So particularly in and around um, – and, and what you will find in areas like the Gold Coast, if you don't own all the outlets on that Gold Coast, the franchisor will allow – those franchisees to work together in a mini sort of marketing group to do their local, pool all their money to do a local area marketing campaign that stretches across the entire Gold Coast. So again, it's a, it's back to that communication piece between those other franchisees, um, being friendly with them, even though you're kind of maybe competing with them at, at times. Yes, because one thing we haven't mentioned is most brands will have their marketing calendar and their national campaign, mm -hmm. but most will have a little manual because it's franchising, everything's systemized and ma has a manual for everything. Mm -hmm. They will have a, a list of local area marketing strategies that you can put in place in your area. So if you put together, say, five owners that have got you know nine stores across the Gold Coast, mm -hmm. they can come up with a very effective local area marketing campaign that will benefit everybody. Awesome. Again, pulling that money together, pooling that money together means that you can have a better radio coverage or TV coverage or even billboard bus coverage, you know. So it makes sense. You know, at the end of the day, the franchisor is not going to – won't want you to spend your marketing dollar effectively. They're not – you know, if you can come up with a way that you can spend it more effectively by working with people, mm. they'd be a fool not to approve it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, uh, Elizabeth, we've we've gone through some really cool stuff, and uh, I've I've learned a heap actually. So, um, I've already got some ideas buzzing around my head, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I think everybody listening has got a, a lot out of this as well. So, I really thank you for going through all all this stuff um, because franchise franchisees obviously face some unique challenges and has have some unique opportunities. Um, and even if if uh, we've got non franchisees listening, I think. Um, uh, some of this stuff around systems and communications is really going to hit home with some people. So sure. um, we're almost out of time, but I'd love to finish off by asking our 14 quick fire questions. Oh, um, and these are, uh, these are the, for our audience to get to know you uh, a little bit better personally. Uh, it's my favorite part of the show. Um, so well, you haven't warned me about this. I haven't. Whoops. So the rules are, so there's 14 quick fire questions. You've got a maximum of five seconds to answer each one and you're allowed one pass if you want it uh, and oh, you can okay. come back to it or not come back to it. <laughs> so don't worry, they're not too personal. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. You ready? Okay, cool. Uh, where did you go to high school? 
Harristown State High School in Toowoomba. Harrow Pride, go. <laughs> what was your first job and why didn't you stick to it? My first job was cleaning the Westbrook Hall. Um, and why didn't I clean? Why didn't I stick to it? Ever cleaned a man's urinal? That's all I'm saying. Got it. <laughs> what has been your biggest screw up in business? Oh, getting carried away with um, the excitement of the brand and not paying attention to the actual figures. Got it. What are you most proud of? Most proud of um, running three businesses consecutively with over $3 million turnover and 80 staff. That's pretty impressive. And still going out to Christmas dinner with those staff, even though we haven't employed them for four to five years. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) That was Wednesday. (laughs) What are you most excited about at the moment? What am I most excited about at the moment? It's the building. It's watching the new brands. What I love is walking through a shopping centre and seeing the new brands evolve that are relevant and current and now how age-old brands have to adapt their branding story to match with what's current now. Cool. And what is something weird you used to do as a kid? (laughs) Something weird I used to do as a kid? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot. Too many to choose from? Time <laughs> ago. Tie, tie snakes. I don't know if I can still do this. Tie a knot in a snake with my tongue. <laughs> oh, lolly snakes. Lolly snakes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tie them in <laughs> just using your tongue. I thought you meant real snakes. <laughs> oh, no, no, I hate real snakes. I rolled a car once trying to dodge a snake. <laughs> Um, who is your favourite band or musician? Oh, it depends what mood I'm in. I'd have to, I love the Whitlams, but um, if I the Body Rockers, got it. I like R- the way you move. If I want to get moving, the Body Rockers, yeah. And can you rate your own singing voice out of ten? It's fabulous. Do you want to hear it? I do actually. That'd be great. I've got the moves like Jagger. Yes. Actually, my staff, you know, that song on, you know, I've got the moves like Jagger. That's at least an eight. Eight? Oh, look, I haven't got a microphone. Yeah, I'm challenging you to karaoke next time. Oh, no thanks. <laughs> what is your favourite food? Now, I'm guessing it's either the meat from the carvery, the sandwiches or boost juice, but I could be surprised here. No, you, you, um, my favourite food, it, it would be a uh, smoothie, absolutely, um, would be one of the favourite foods. Um, that changes as you get older, isn't it? You yeah. know, if it, if it wasn't a smoothie, it would be a good blue cheese. Oh, got it. And yeah. describe the last picture you remember taking on your phone. <laughs> Well, I did it this morning. I took up, it's my daughter's birthday and she's in London. Ah. So I raided the baby albums, as you do when your child has a <laughs> birthday, and I've um, I edited it. It's a beautiful photo of when she was sweet and innocent <laughs> as a five-year-old when I'm getting Snapchat stories of her in a bar drinking Maui and singing karaoke. <laughs> innocent, beautiful girl turned into that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so there, that's a quick answer. It was just I was waiting for you to call in. I did that. <laughs> Um, what's one habit that you have that you'd really love to change? Oh, I some I sometimes think I, la- I laugh way I laugh out loud. I really do laugh out loud. Is that a bad habit? No, I think you don't want to change that. 
That's a great habit. It's a bad habit I want to change. <laughs> Unless it's laughing at something inappropriate in, in church no, no, or something no, like no. that. <laughs> I always think life is for living, laugh out loud. Um, it would be, I know what it would be, my bad habit that I want to change is after a full day of work, I just strip off the clothes and throw them in the corner. <laughs> and I've got to spend now, after a week of that, I'm just about to go and attack my bedroom and bring it into some sort of order. Nice so that would be my bad habit. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, best piece of advice. That's a good one. Um, people will never forget. Um, will um, will never forget how you made them feel. So you can say anything to anyone, but they'll. Um, there's a first part to that. They'll forget. People will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made, made them, feel. them feel. Thank yeah, you, and that's like true. That. So I always am careful that. I always watch. It's not so much the conversation. I, I care about how people feel. Yeah, I do. I really do. And I would hate to think that I've made someone feel bad. So, you know, when you've got to, when someone's not good at their job and you've got to give them a conversation, you know, they're going to feel bad. And that's one of the things that I was most challenged by as people a franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that everyone's challenged by that, aren't they? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's been the happiest day of your life so far? Ah, oh, look, it would have to be. No, I'm not going to say the birth of my children because that, that whilst that was a happy moment, I had to go through labour for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you would have to say um, marrying my husband, no. my wedding day. You would have to say that, wouldn't you? Not no, as much pain or, as the uh, birth. Other than that, it would be dancing at Boost conferences, coming home <laughs> from a booth. That Boost do conferences really well, and coming home, you'd always come home from a high after a a Boost conference. Absolutely. <laughs> And the final question, oh, which is heavens. my favourite, what do you love most about yourself, Elizabeth? Oh, what do I love most about myself? I, I have a genuinely positive nature. Yeah. And um, I love um, spreading that amongst people. Like, yeah, spreading like, that out and about. I like that. I'll tell you what I love most about you, and it's that your name is Elizabeth, and that's my mum's name. So, uh, we'll see. It's a <laughs> and she's very positive and optimistic too. So there you go. Four <laughs> nicknames from the word Elizabeth. Libby, Libet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Liz, Liz Betty. I get called Betty a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there you go. Liz, Lilibet, Lilibet. Lilibet. But well, the, queen, the queen gets called Lilibet. <laughs> well, Lilibet, Lilibet Gillum, um, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the show. I've, I've had a ball and, um, yeah, I'd love to get you on again sometime. I think uh, it's been a really useful episode with lots of lots of super interesting stuff um, for franchisees specifically and business owners in general. But um, can you let us know, sign off and let us know... Um, where people can find find out more about you? Certainly. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you for a return interview. So my, my <laughs> okay, podcast <done. laughs> is uh, Franchise Secret Show. So um, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Or alternatively, my website, franchisesuccess.com.au. That's franchisee with two E's. Uh, and... Uh, if you go to the website, it's a very good converting website and I'll be able to help you with the three stages in your franchise journey, whether you're considering buying a franchise, whether you own a franchise and you want it to work better, and the third step is helping you to multi-site within your brand. Great. So. And, and and I guess um, you're, you're interviewing franchisees and franchisors perhaps, so Absolutely. Um, if there's any, any of you out there, then... Um, 
uh, who, who have a Hit story. Yep. I'd love Hit to interview up. you. So anyone that can help franchisees. So some of our best interviews have been the ones around customer service mm-hmm. that uh, that Kate Shrek did just yep. recently. Yep. So even though um, we've got some top performing franchisees that I've interviewed, they found great value in listening to Kate talk about customer service and how to offer great customer service. So if you can, I've got a service that helps franchisees, I'd love to chat with you. Got it. Cool. There's that call to action. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, thanks again, uh, Liz, Elizabeth, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll speak soon. Thanks, Dave. See ya. episode i think it means that you've got some value out of it i hope so in return we'd love it if you could go and leave us a review on itunes stitcher google play or wherever just search the location station and don't forget to go and subscribe for free updates regular giveaways and a whole heap of other stuff fun stuff at thelocationstation.com And I'm not whispering because I want you to keep this podcast a secret. Please share with any business owner or marketer who you think will find our stuff valuable. Now go on, go and action some of the stuff that we learned today. I'll see you on the next episode.